Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is November the 12th, and our passage for today is 1 Timothy chapter 1. Now, 1 Timothy was written immediately after Paul got out of prison in 62 A.D., That's right. He had been arrested, remember, in Jerusalem. He had been in the custody of the procurators in Caesarea, and he appealed to Caesar before Felix and Festus, and he was sent to Rome. You remember all of the shipwreck and everything that happened on the way to Rome. But when he got to Rome, he was in prison for a short time, and then he was released. And he wrote this letter to his young protege, Timothy. Now, we're going to pick up on the story of Paul and Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our hope. Now, the word hope here, remember, is not wishful thinking. Hope is the word elpis or elpida. It is the word for assurance. Paul said, I am assured of what I've committed unto the Lord. He actually says this later on in his letter to Timothy in the second letter. And so he says to Timothy, my true son in the faith. This is interesting because the word true son, it's translated true son, is actually the word for a born one, a technia, not a son, weos, but a born one, that is one that would be out of someone's own loins. Then it is the word for genos or a gene. And so what he's saying is that this is not just an adopted son, someone that he found along the way, but evidently on Paul's second missionary journey, he met Timothy at Lystra in that area of Iconium and Lystra and Derby, and Timothy was born again. He was a young man who had studied the scriptures under his grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice, and they had brought him up in the way of the Tanakh, in the way of the truth of the God of the Bible. His father was a Greek, and so therefore, when Timothy was born again, he was uncircumcised. And so Paul knew that if he was going to take him with him and he would be around Jewish people and that his mother was indeed Jewish, that meant he was Jewish. That's how you determine whether someone is Jewish or not as to whether they are the son of a Jewish woman or the daughter of a Jewish woman. And so this is exactly what Paul did. He knew that Timothy was a Jew, so he circumcised him so that there would be no stumbling block thrown before the Jews as Paul went into the synagogues and took Timothy with him. And so this is what he's talking about. He's saying that Timothy was one of those young men that Paul himself led to faith in Christ, shared with him the principles of eternal life of Jesus the Messiah, and Timothy was born into the family of God by trusting Jesus to save him as his Messiah and as his sacrifice. And so Timothy 
escorted Paul from then on and became his beloved son in the faith. And so he said, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he gives some background. Verse 3, as I urged you when I went to Macedonia to remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some there that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables, that's the word muthoi, where we get our word miss, and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in the faith, the building up. There was a warning that Paul immediately gave to Timothy, and he said, now, Timothy, I'm writing to you, I've been in prison, son, but I left you there at that great church at Ephesus, which we started, and that I was a pastor and leader of and lead elder of for over three years. And then Paul left. And you remember when he came back through, he met the elders at Miletus and he said, I won't see your face anymore. So they wept on one another and he charged them, those elders, that they would be faithful to God that they would carry out the mission that Paul had started. So he left Timothy in charge, and he was just riding back to his young son that he loved with all of his heart and saying to him, please don't give in to all of these people who are going to be trying to get you sidetracked and distract you. You see, if the devil cannot distract you from persecutions from without as a child of God, then he will do it from people that are close to you people that are in the church, people that are vying for your attention. And so he warned Timothy, don't get distracted. Don't be detoured uh, in any way from what I gave you to do and what your assignment is. And so he talks about this over and over again. And he said, there's a lot of people that want to be teachers, but they know nothing. They don't know the word of God. You see, this is the way it is in many of the churches, especially in the southern United States. The moment someone is saved and they give potential and they say, hey, I've been called to preach, then we immediately want to put them up in the pulpit to preach. That's not the way that God does it. That's never been the way God does it. There needs to be mentoring. There needs to be training. That's like getting someone up immediately and saying when they say, you know, I want to be a pilot and let them get in the pilot's seat before they've ever been trained in how to fly a plane. It's no different than uh, giving them a dental drill and saying, go at it. If you want to be a dentist, this is the way you learn. No, it's not the way you learn. And it's not the way in the spiritual realm that God has given us to train uh, people for ministry. And when Paul talks with Timothy, he tells him over and over again, after years, after years of training him, Timothy, here's what you've got to watch for. In other words, he was continuing to do that. And so he goes down through verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, and talks about how that these people that are wicked and that creep into the church and lead people astray, that you have to be very careful. And then he says in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Paul is saying, after all that I have been through, after all that I did, after all that God rescued me from, God counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. He said, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a slanderer, a persecutor, I was an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. In other words, he said, I was a lost man. I didn't know what I was doing. Let me tell you, lost people do what lost people do. And they think they're doing God a favor. They think they're doing the right thing. 
This happens all the time. Verse 14, it says, And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. And then verse 15, he makes an astonishing statement. He said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That is, I'm going to give you something, and I'm telling you it's true, and you need to put this away in your heart, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, this is a big deal, and we must never forget this. God came into the world in the person of Jesus the Messiah in order to redeem people from their sins, to save people from their sins. And if we get sidetracked, doing other things other than the redemptive purpose that Jesus came in the world to do, then we have missed God's plan for our life. God's plan is to love him with everything that's within us. That's the primary thing. The secondary thing immediately after that is to love others the way that God has loved us, the way that we have been sought after. That's the way we need to seek after others. The way we've been served, that's the way we need to serve others. And then he said, make disciples everywhere you go, anywhere you go, whenever you go. This is the way of God. So he said, this is the thing that you need to remember that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. And then he made a remarkable statement of whom I am chief. Now, sometimes you'll hear people say, no, Paul is a saint. Yes, he is. It, positionally, he is a saint. He is in Christ Jesus. That is his identity. But Paul understands that he's a sinner. And he said, I'm the chief of sinners. Now, this was toward the end of his ministry, the end of his life, not at the beginning. And by the way, he could have used the past tense. He didn't. He said, I am chief. I am first, protos. Now, this is amazing because I am is in the present indicative active voice. That means it is a present reality. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. This is the way he looked at himself, not as some high and mighty already arrived someone, but someone who was seeking after the grace of God every moment of his life. And he understood without God, he was not a hero. He was a zero. He was not anyone in himself. As a matter of fact, over and over again, the apostle Paul says, read his works. Read the divinely inspired written word, and you will see what he says. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God. He is what he is as an apostle by the grace of God. He is what he is in victorious living by the grace of God. But outside of that, he is the chief of sinners. Why? Because he said, I persecuted the church of Jesus. I bound people hand and foot and dragged them to Jerusalem. I stood and oversaw the stoning, the execution of godly preacher Stephen, Deacon Stephen. I oversaw that. I'll never get away from it. It's what God used to bring me to Jesus. And he said, I will always understand who I am. And he said, however, for this reason, because I was, I was a lost man, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Paul said, God has made me a pattern of suffering. You see, the apostle Paul had sought the Lord three times to remove the thorn in his flesh. As I told you in a previous podcast, I believe he was blinded by the light on the road to Damascus, the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. And 
wherever he went, he was always with someone. Dr. Luke, from his second missionary journey and his visit to Troas, ancient Troy, in western Turkey, Luke was with him everywhere he went. He accompanied him everywhere. When he was in Galatia, Paul said, you cared for me. You wanted the best for me. You would have pulled out your very eyes and given them to me if you could have. Now, why would he say that? I'll tell you why. Because he had bad eyes. He probably had a horrible eye disease that caused them to mat and run, and and they were sore all the time. They were swollen all the time. He couldn't see well. And that's why he wrote to the Galatians to see how large a letter, like schoolboy block letters he wrote to the Galatians, why he could not see to write the minuscule writing of the Greek New Testament. And so he wrote with those large letters, those capital letters, as we would call them. So he said, God has made me a pattern for suffering. He said, now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, to him be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul began to think about the grace of God toward him and how God had been good to him and how God had graced him and called him and enabled him to the point to where he just burst out in praise in verse 17, and he could not contain himself. And then he said in verse 18, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. And then he goes on to name a couple that he has delivered to Satan so that they may learn not to slander him and slander the church and slander God himself. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to a dear loved one. It's not going to be too many years until he will write his last letter to Timothy. But this is his letter encouraging him. As soon as he got out of prison, he wanted to send this to Timothy to say, Son, I've been praying for you. I love you. I believe in you. I'm behind you. Keep up the faith. Be encouraged. As you walk on the way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.